Hello and welcome to the first ever Write for Your Life podcast. How exciting is this? It's very exciting. You're absolutely right. In this episode, I'm going to be joined by no one, but I will tell you a little bit more about good old me, my writing background, and how the blogger sphere in its first month in the sphere. I'll also be giving you a spoken word rendition of our most popular post so far. Told you it was exciting. Okay, so here we are. It's the first ever Write for Your Life podcast. My name's Ian Broom, and I edit, stroke, write for, write for your life. And Write for Your Life is, if you don't know already, a blog which I started um, just before Christmas, maybe a couple of days before Christmas, and so far we have seven posts. We've had almost 100 comments, which is great, and things are going rather well. Um, I've decided to do a podcast because, heck, it gives you that extra dimension to your blog. It means that it gives you some people something else to uh, engage with. Hopefully it'll give the blog a bit more personality, it'll be good for you to know maybe a bit more about me, or at least I hope it will be, so that when I put things up there you know a bit more about where it's coming from and what my background is. And lastly, I spent what I consider to be a small fortune on podcasting equipment last year, and it would upset me greatly if I didn't put it to good use. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about me. Um... I'll try to keep it brief. My background is obviously in writing, because uh, Write for Your Life is about writing. The clue's in the title, and the blog offers practical advice and productivity tips for writers. And the reason that I think that I'm qualified to give you those things is because my background is quite varied. I've had to juggle over the last few years writing fiction with professional copywriting and so on, lots of other projects in between. And I'm also an English graduate. I did my degree at Sheffield Hamlin University. And uh, once I'd done that, I moved on to the MA writing course, which I like to call an acclaimed MA writing course, um, where I wrote my first novel. I completed that last year. Um, while I was there, I also edited Matter magazine. I was published in it at first, and then I was asked to edit it. And that magazine features sort of the, the best of the MA um, alongside proper writers, you know, real published, uh, well-known authors. Of course, while doing all these things for the MA, um, I had to support myself financially. And so I got myself a job. And that job was as a publications assistant at Sheffield Hamlin University, again. Um, and uh, I edited their prospectuses, essentially. But the, the main thing that that first job gave me was a real good grounding in plain English, which is something that I'll blog about uh, in the future, I'm sure. I now work for a company called The Workshop, a design company, um, and we work in retail, uh, government, and education, and we have a rather large e-learning arm as well as doing more traditional um, design, sort of printed design and websites, that kind of thing. It's quite, quite an all-encompassing all uh, job. So I'm a copywriter primarily, but I'm also responsible for internal and external communications. So I work quite closely with the quality team, uh, for instance, and um, the company tone of voice, that, that, that sort of thing. And if you want to find out a bit more about the workshop, you can go to www or, as Stephen Fry refers to uh, say, www.theworkshop.co.uk. Anyway, the point is, uh, I have this copywriting background and I have a fiction writing background. And for one reason or another, most of them out of my control, I've had to 
combine them. I've had to have them running at the same time throughout the last sort of six or seven years, I guess. And during that time, I've had to sort of learn certain techniques in order to get work done. For, for instance, my novel has obviously been the biggest challenge. Um, and apart from two months, uh, which I, I had sort of two months sabbatical uh, way back when, 2004, I think, um, from work where I managed to get quite a lot done. But apart from that, I've been working full-time. So I've had this full-time job and get home from work and try and find time to write a novel. So it's all these things going on at the same time that um, I think gives me a, a reason to set up a blog called Write for Your Life and that offers productivity advice and practical tips. Okay, so having talked a little bit about why I think I can set up a blog uh, about writing for writers, it's probably worth talking a bit about why I would want to. Um, first of all, as part of my job at the workshop, because I'm working with websites every day and because I need to take an interest in social media and social networking, for instance, if I if we put together a website for a client, then part of my responsibility is for usability, accessibility, and um, putting together wireframes and just being being part of you know the entire bill, being part of the process from start to finish, really. So it's important that I do take an interest professionally in um, in these kinds of things. So hopefully, Write for Your Life will inform my full time job and my sort of professional copywriting career. Um, Apart from that, I'm hoping that blogging and Write for Your Life will give me an extra sort of rhythm and writing routine. Obviously, I have a routine at work as a copywriter. I go in from nine till five, or well, very often nine until a lot past five, but um, it's a routine and it's something that I, I know about and I'm used to. And in a similar way, I know that in the evenings, uh, generally speaking, I need to try and be in a routine to uh, write fiction and I'm hoping that Write for Your Life and blogging will just sort of add to that rhythm and the, and the routine of things. It'll just become part of my, part of my writing life, I guess. Um, and the part of the reason I want that to happen is because I think it's hopefully a happy medium between the professional copywriting and the fiction writing. I don't have a specific set of rules like I might do at work if a client's impose their... Um, brief upon you uh, or upon me um, but at the same time it's not a 300 page novel it's something in between that's provides a creative outlet for me um, so that's another reason why um, I wanted to set up right for your life and lastly I set up the blog because I believe in the idea of and wanted to create a genuine community of writers words aloud which was the spoken word night that I co-founded with some of my colleagues from the workshop um, was very successful, but it also it was successful because it garnered uh, a really genuinely wonderful community. The people that came to Words Aloud, they performed, everyone had three minutes to perform, and uh, spoken word nights can be a very daunting thing to be involved with, Not obviously not necessarily the organising, but actually performing, getting on stage and, and sharing your work with people can be really quite a, uh, a difficult thing to do. And... We tried to create an environment that was supportive and it was it, not pressured. It was a place that people could go and they could express themselves without having to worry about being judged or uh, about being, I don't know, ill thought of, I guess. 
And the success of Words Aloud, which has now stopped, um, we stopped it partly because a couple of us wanted to go on to other projects, very much like Write for Your Life in my, in my case. Um, but it was the idea of community, the idea of a group of writers or a group of people, in fact, that can just get together with this shared interest, but shared passion as well. Um, and that's another reason why I wanted to set up Write for Your Life, that hopefully in time it will build a, a, a community that's not just a blogging community, not just a writing community, but just a group of people that's happy to share their ideas and, you know, get in touch with each other outside of the blog, and when, you know, outside of comments or Twitter or whatever it is, you know, actually take the trouble to go and do other things together. That's what happened with Words Aloud. People came and they saw each other perform and then they went off and wrote their own plays together or set up their own radio shows. And that's the kind of philosophy that eventually I'd like to encourage um, with Right for Your Life. Okay, so that's enough guff about me. Um, one of the things I'd like to do in these podcasts, they're not going to be long podcasts, around 10 minutes, maybe a little bit over that, but I would like to sort of... Uh, give you uh, a spoken rendition of um, of one of the posts from the previous month or however long the period in between podcasters. I think sometimes it's nice to perform writing. I think because I've got this sort of fiction background, I'm I'm used to reading my work out and I'm, I'm used to listening to other people read their work out. And I think it can give you, I don't know, another perspective on uh, another perspective on things and just get you thinking a bit a bit differently to perhaps how you would do just from reading it on the page or the screen. Um, so the post I'm going to read out is my first post. It's the first post on Write for Your Life, apart from the welcome one, which doesn't really count in my book. And so it's writers, abandon your muses, they're a work of fiction. And the point of this post was really um, just to encourage writers to take responsibility for their work. So don't blame it on a muse. If you feel like you can't work or you feel like the... or if the kids are bothering you, then... That's not your fault. There are times when you're not going to be able to write. I'm not saying don't write and things will be good and it will help. I'm just saying accept the fact that the reason you can't write is because other people are preventing you from doing it or other situations in your life are preventing you from doing it. Similarly, if things are going tremendously well, that's you that's done that. It's you that's had that creativity, that spark. It's you that's put pen to paper, fingers to keyboard. It isn't this muse figure. Either way, take responsibility for your writing and all will be good. Okay, here goes. Writers, abandon your muses. They're a work of fiction. This first post is something of a mission statement. You see, I don't believe in the concept of the muse. The idea is a complete myth. I mean, literally, it is. Wikipedia told me so. In Greek mythology, the muses embody the arts and inspire the creation process with their graces through remembered and improvised song and stage, writing, traditional music and dance. The muse concept is still going strong. Writers often cite their muse, or lack of one, when they're struggling to write. But I'm not having it. To me, the muse is a nonsense notion spouted by writers, artists and other creative types who want to give their procrastinating a fancy name. Here's a sort of claptrap they come out with. Oh, I wanted to write, but my muse deserted me. No, you wanted to write, but Strictly Come Dancing was about to start, and that sounded like more fun and less work. I couldn't possibly write as my muse wasn't working. Rubbish. 
The ideas didn't come easily, so you started thinking about what to have for lunch or whether to go downstairs for another cup of coffee. And you know what? That's fine. If your mind's not on it, or you can't find the words, it's okay to walk away. Don't write. Except that sometimes you're not going to have the motivation or the sparking ideas and do something else instead. Anything. So long as it's legal. Let's get one thing clear. There's no celestial literary overlord hovering above your brain box, all dressed up like Big Willie Shakespeare, throwing ideas into your head via your ear holes. The truth is, sometimes you'll feel like writing. Sometimes you won't. On one day, the ideas will be there. The next, you'll feel like you haven't a creative bone in your body. At times, you'll have all day to write. At others, you'll go a month and not put pen to paper. If you take nothing else from reading this blog, please remember that writing is a process. It's almost entirely nuts and bolts, with the occasional flash of inspiration that keeps you and your readers coming back for more. But here's the important bit. That inspiration comes from you, no one else. Those occasional moments of literary, journalistic or blogging brilliance are entirely your own. So, for crying out loud, make sure that you take the credit. Enjoy them. They're why you write, not to satisfy your fictional muse. You see, the muse is nothing but a writer's luxury. It's a non-truth, an excuse for not getting things done or for simply trying too hard. Accept that and you'll write more frequently and with greater freedom. I promise. Okay, so that's it for the first Write for Your Life podcast. Um, if you want to go to Write for Your Life and check out the post and some of the things that we've been talking about, I say we, I mean me, I'm on my own, um, you can go to writeforyourlife.net or if you want to email me, you can do so at ian at writeforyourlife.net and remember that Ian is abnormal, or my spelling of the word is, it's I-A-I-N, as opposed to the slightly more conventional I-A-N. So I-A-I-N, Ian, at writeforyourlife.net. Um, this is the first in a series of podcasts. I hope to do more. There are going to be uh, interviews and uh, um, probably talking about subjects, things that are in the uh, news in the writing world, that kind of thing. Um, so do look out for more stuff coming your way soon. If you'd like to be part of a podcast, whether you're a writer who wants to have a chat with me or you've got something that you want to get off your chest, I'm more than happy to do that kind of thing too. Um, so I think that's it for this first attempt. I hope you've enjoyed it and we will see you soon. I said we again. I don't know why I keep saying we. I am on my own. I am literally sat on my own. I do apologise. <laughs>